1: Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Now look back at the third day's play from the first test in Gaul and a much better day for Sri Lanka of course. England after two days of total dominance Losing quite a few wickets in the morning session, uh, being bowled out for 4.20 and then Sri Lanka actually only losing two wickets themselves and getting to within 130 of England's uh, total score. So with their, with their first innings added together of course. So uh, a, a much better day for Sri Lanka, I suppose a, a disappointing day for England but one that we would have expected in a way Simon because it was emphasis and onus on the England spin attack and they didn't deliver really.
2: Not really, no. Jack Leach got the wicket just before the close of play with a, with a really good ball. In a strange way with this pitch. It's like all or nothing. The ball turns square and it just almost turns too much. But Leach got one just to turn enough and bounce enough and it caught the, the glove of Kusel Mendes and Butler took a good catch behind the stump. So that was a really big boost ring just before the players went off a bad light. because I mean, essentially, it had been a very frustrating day for them. As you say, 101 for six in the morning. They rather sort of frittered their... Their wickets away. Um, they, they got a decent start with Butler and Root continuing where they left off yesterday, and then last six wickets going for 49 runs. There was a run out, one of those all, not exactly comedy run outs because both, both batsmen didn't end up at the same end, but there was Don Best sort of stomping off. He'd re, Root rather saw him off really, he just decided to come through for the run when he realised it wasn't there and he realised it would either be him or Bess and I suppose in the way it was it was right the Bess was sacrificed in, in theory because Brute was the premier batsman. And then England struggled to take wickets. It it looks quite you know, it's, it's a docile pitch for the Seamers. It's a slow turner, so the the spinners have to be really patient and you've got two spinners Uh, we've talked a lot about England's spin attack you've got two spinners who are well In best you've got a a very inexperienced spinner and I suppose at international level as well to some extent with, with Jack Leach you've got a relatively inexperienced spinner as well so a tough day for England and you actually look you know project ahead you wonder where this game is going now yours Mm.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, that there is so much in the wicket for the spinners that eventually they'll they'll get the the, the Sri Lankans out. I think what they need is more balls like the one that mm. that uh, Jack Leach bowled to the number three because Kusal Mendes because you know it, it's they didn't bowl straight enough. Actually, I think too much width from from Jack Leach generally. And, and just not getting that length right. And I think that'll come just with more and more bowling. If you, I, I suppose we have to be slightly sympathetic and say they haven't had a lot of bowling in the last few months. And, and so you know it does take a bit of time to, to groove your action. It's a slow pitch. You've got to try and bowl a bit fuller than you would on perhaps an English pitch, in fact, because it's really sluggish. But I think they didn't attack the stumps enough, especially Leach. And that ball that, that, that got the wicket pitched probably middle and leg and forced the batsman to play, and then just gloved him. Just weren't enough balls in that area. I hate that phrase in the right areas, but sadly, they just there weren't enough and And as we said yesterday, you know really, Dominic Bess is still learning his craft, and mm. actually interestingly, you know we talked a lot about his action and how it's not quite ideal for an off spinner because he doesn't get that drift away from the bat from the right hander because his arm is a bit too high or slightly beyond the vertical but actually when he bowled round arm deliveries a few times and he throws that one in they did uh, cause more problems because of the angle curving into the left hander and then spinning sharply away so perhaps that was a, a little guide to him that actually if he drops his arm a bit more regularly he might get more more results.
2: Bess, of course, took five wickets in the first innings. You look at his figures; fantastic, five for thirty. But he knew, and he admitted afterwards that he, he didn't bowl particularly well. He really burgled five wickets. Really, I mean, it was it was extraordinary. Anyone, if, if anyone hasn't seen it, can have a look at the highlights because they are they are sort of, in a way five of the most extraordinary wickets imaginable, especially on the on the first day of a, a test match as well. You know, off taking five for thirty on the first day, and you you sort of sense that he, even though he'd taken the five for, he didn't have a sort of a huge amount of confidence behind him. I th- not that he felt guilty taking five wickets, but I think there was a feeling, you know, normally you, that would give you a lot of confidence, but however you got them, you're taking five wickets. But probably the key for a bowler, you tell me, is actually if you know you've bowled well, that that gives you confidence. And, and if, if, if mm. you, t- you tell me, yours, if you if you took, say you took three for 60 and bowled really well, but you'd taken five for 40 and they'd all been long hops, say, you know, caught at mid-wicket or caught on the boundary, which... Would would give you more confidence of those two spells? Is it is it the wickets, or is it is it that feeling of you know having
1: bowled well? No, I think the feeling of having bowled well, undoubtedly, because you know that even if you've only got two for eighty, but you bowled well, that there's more rewards around the corner, and you feel good and confident about your your bowling, whereas. You feel when you get five for 30, rather luckily, you feel that there's a, there's a hiding around the corner because you haven't been bowling well enough. So uh, it, the, the one plus point, I suppose, if you take five for 30 is you know you've done a great job for your team and uh, given your team a, a, a boost and an advantage. But you do have self-doubts until you get into that groove of bowling consistently well. And you know if you bowled Really well, and not got the rewards that the rewards will, will come later. Yeah, but the- Beth, sorry,
2: best for me bowled a little too short. You talked about Leach's bowling. I thought best was a bit short, so he was, he was neither one thing mm. nor the other. He wasn't able to build up any pressure. And it was it, sort of, it was always a get out ball every over for the for the Sri Lankan batsman. I mean his figures are tidy enough, I and mean, that's the really weird thing. If you just looked at his figures, five for thirty and thirteen overs, no wicket for thirty, you'd
1: say, well, he's he's bowled perfectly well in the game. But I I'm, I'm just wonder about his confidence. I think it's about right finding the right pace for the pitch really, and uh, you know he's someone who's. We say still learning his his game, and the same applies to to Jack Leach as well because we had him in the the, the virtual cricket club as a guest a, a few weeks ago, and he's someone Jack Leach who worries about how his action is, and he you can see him going back to his mark, sort of fretting a little bit at times. So uh, it, you know you don't want to give that impression to the batsman that you're concerned about your, your technique. I think he's got better. I don't think he was doing that quite as much in this game. But these are two bowlers who are still finding their way in international cricket. And the step up from bowling on what they call siderabad in Taunton, uh, the, the the ragging pitches there at the end of the season in county cricket is, is just totally different, especially against batsmen, Sri Lankan batsmen, who are brought up on the ball spinning and bouncing at this sort of quite slow pace that the real milestone in the game has been Joe Root, not only converting a 50 into a 100, but into a double 100. His fourth double 100, so he does go big when he gets in, which is great. And the other thing is he's gone past 8,000 test runs now, so he's the seventh England batsman to do that. And interestingly, he's got the best average of all those seven batsmen. So Cook, Gooch, Stewart, Gower, Peterson, Boycott, and root root averaging 49.09 now and the next best is 47.72 which is boycott and then a, a couple in the 45s and 46s so it's a it's a tremendous performance that by by joe root 8000 test runs and only another 60 or so to go to overtake boycott and become the number one yorkshireman in english cricket how about that
2: there's only one number one Yorkshireman in English cricket, if you ask me. Listen, it wasn't that long ago. It didn't seem that long ago that Root was making his debut in Nagpur. I remember I, I was there. It actually, was a surprise when he made his debut because uh, England changed their team at the last moment. I think they dropped Samit Patel to bring Root in, which isn't exactly like for like, is it? I know they both bowl spin and they both bat, but it wasn't. It didn't feel like a, a like for like a replacement. Root got a half century in his first Test match. And you know, he's been a tremendous player for England ever since. And you know, where's he going to go? I mean, that's a, it's a great start to the year from sort of confidence building because the last time he, he went past 100, he turned it into a double hundred as well. And his big problem has been turning the 50s into hundreds, all those half centuries, what 49 half centuries, 1800s of which four have been double centuries. He, he looked so good. I mean, mm. he, he ended up being caught on the deep long on boundary, wide long on boundary, trying to hit a six with Stuart Broad at the other end, basically just trying to make the most of the the last wicket pair and they set the field back and, and Root was on the attack. And it was extremely skillful innings on a on a pitch you know, where the ball was turning throughout and you've got two Sri Lankan spinners who who know the conditions, but Root totally, totally and utterly mastered them.
1: Yeah, I mean I think more than uh, extremely skillful innings. I think an outstanding innings uh, n- only one other 50 in that innings in that total innings uh, for England Dan Lawrence of course and I just in those conditions to score 228 absolutely flawlessly as he did and with a, a good tempo as well I don't think there's anybody better uh, against spin probably in English cricketing history I think Alistair Cook, obviously scored 300s in that series in India in 2012. And at the time, the uh, star players of India, like Sir Ganguly and and Raul Dravid, who were on the commentary, said that is the best overseas batting that we've ever seen here. But I think Root is better than Cook uh, in spinning conditions because he's got more scoring options. Cook obviously had an immaculate method, but didn't have the range of shots which Root has, occasionally unveiling the reverse sweep as well as all his... Uh, orthodox sweeps, his deft sweep, his slog sweep, his, or, you know, his conventional sweeps and his unconventional sweeps. So he's got so many different shots at his disposal, which he just uses a, 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 at the most discretionary points. And you could say Kevin Peterson's innings in Mumbai was the most destructive innings ever played by an England batsman in spinning conditions. But I think root for consistency and just the the way he can rotate the strike and keep the scoreboard ticking over without ever taking risks, while just looking totally fluent and at home. That, that, that is the best innings, I think, by an English batsman in spinning conditions that I've ever seen. In, in, in its completeness, Peterson more destructive, Root more reliable, if you like. Yeah, that was a fabulous
2: innings by peterson in mumbai Trem- tremendous innings against india spins he actually played two in a year in spinning conditions he, he played a brilliant hand as well in colombo that year to score a century against uh, sri lanka essentially a match winning hundred as indeed that was in mumbai as well so those those were two top rank innings fabulous from uh, joe root there's two other issues we should talk about Yours, uh one is moen ali released from his quarantine and within an hour he was back at the ground i'm not surprised as well you want some camaraderie don't you you know when you've been quarantining for however long he's been quarantining for nearly two weeks i would england be i mean and that they said he's sort of ruled out for the second test match would they be sort of tempted to to throw him in, or is it, it? It would would it be just too early? I mean, it's 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 not easy, and you haven't been doing very much for a couple of weeks, and you you know you've been asked to play a, an international sporting fix for the last five days, you know, under a week later, and you know if you, it, he's not he's not like a fast bowler where you're running in bowling lots of overs during the day, but it, it is they are stamina sapping conditions, and your fitness and everything. Can be it's going to drop. And of course, if you have to bat for a long time as well, you know, there's, there's that other aspect, you know, maybe that you need to bat lower down the order to save the game like, as he did again, or tried to do against Sri Langer at Headingley uh, back in 2014. So I'd, I'd absolutely throw him in. I'd throw him would in. You, yeah, would, would Yeah. yeah
1: because he yeah. you know, spent quite a bit of time training with England before Christmas. Uh, it, you know, he's not a fast bowler who needs to get his, you know, miles and his legs in the same way mm. as a spinner does. Uh, in the same way, sorry, you know, as a, as a faster bowler does, uh, he doesn't get you need to get that sort of match fitness from a physical sense so much. And I just think Leach and Bess could do with all the help they could they could get. Plus, also England go straight to Chennai from Gaul uh, with uh, four tests in India and not much time between them. Why not give Moen a game and you know, he can get the rust out of his system in the hope that he can form well in in one of those test matches in India. I I don't see any problem in in dropping one of the, leaving out one of the seam bowls. Maybe Sam Curran makes way. He didn't have, hasn't had much impact in the game so far. I know he's taken a wicket, but again, it was a a bit lucky. So I I would have Moen in instead of Sam Curran also, given that the pitch in in Gaul alongside the one they're playing on is probably going to be even drier. So it just takes, I think it would just alleviate the pressure on Bess and... A leech a little bit, give Root another option, another bowling option, and give Mo in a bit of match practice before a, a much sterner test for England.
2: Well, oh, I think in an ideal world, yeah, they'd love to play him, but what we'll see on that one. But I mean, is you know, is he, sort of there? Although they've said, you know, he's he's ruled out, effectively ruled out the the second Test match. But we'll, we'll see on that one anyway. Whether he's in the, that physical condition, you need to play a Test match in in demanding. Physical conditions, and so that just leaves us one final question to uh, deliberate over: is where is this match going to go? I mean, you said at the start you, you can see the Sri Lankans, you know, eventually succumbing to England's spinners. They're one thirty behind. There's still bags of time left in the game. I suppose you, you you have to look at the possibility of Sri Lanka, you know, batting well. They still got Chandimal and Matthews uh, to come. Of them building, say, a lead of I don't know. 130, 140, something like that for England to chase in the fourth innings and you wonder by then what the pitch is going to be like in the fourth innings.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, that, that's a possibility but the the key, I think, will come in 19 overs time when the second new ball is available and it will spin and bounce a bit more for the spinners and do a bit for the seamers and I think England also have to look at it that, yeah, they've got uh, Chandimal and, and Matthews due in next uh, five and six but after that not a lot really Uh, Dick Weller is an unpredictable character and after that really they haven't got a a huge amount of strength the pitch is going to do more and more potentially I I see England bowling Sri Lanka out for potentially under 300 and they might have a little target to chase or they might not Uh, that's that that would be my outside prediction, but uh, it's a great game, isn't it? You never know. Matthews could get a big 100. Who knows?
2: Well, of course he did. In in 2014, he played at one of the best test innings I've ever seen, that incredible 160 that turned the game around for Sri Lanka and they, they won the match. It'd be quite something if they even threatened England uh, in in the fourth innings of the game after the dismal first two days, England 286 ahead. Cricketing logic says England should go on and win the game from here. It might take them a bit of time. They might have expend a lot of energy doing so. It might be hard work. But there's there's still just that sort of glimmer for Sri Lanka. They, They battled well today so 156 for two at the close there are 130 runs behind the ball is spinning there is enough there for the England spinners and you I suppose what you have to hope is that one one lands it t- takes the outside edge rather than spins past the outside edge so we shall we shall see Yoz in the remaining two days of this game we'll review the uh, fourth day uh this time tomorrow whether England will have wrapped up the game or not you you just what you're saying you think they they might well have done. Um, what we could do is slip into a fifth day, which seemed incredibly unlikely after the first day. Of course, there's the other thing is there's the weather. The weather factor as well is the weather going to behave itself. We lost some overs to bad light, so it's an early start again in the morning. Yeah, so we'll be back with this podcast uh, tomorrow, Yoz.
1: Yeah, we will. And we can review Australia-India as well because I'm doing that game overnight for BT and you're doing the England-Sri Lanka game for the BBC. So uh, joint forces tomorrow with two test matches to talk about. <laughs> Speak to you then. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.